Everybody wanted to meet Michael or be with Michael. And then he likes you. I was seven years old. Michael asked, do you and the family want to come to Neverland? We drive in and forget about all your problems. You were in Neverland. It was a fantasy. The days were filled with magical childhood adventure experiences. Playing tag, watching movies, eating junk food, anything you could ever want as a child. It's like hanging out with a friend that's more your age. Just kid things. They were just doing kid things. He just came across as a loving, caring, kind soul. It was easy to believe that he was just that. Out of a storybook, right? Out of a fairy tale. Hello, Wade. Today is your birthday, so congratulations. I love you. Goodbye. There's no thoughts of this is wrong or anything like that. He told me if they ever found out what we were doing, he and I would go to jail for the rest of our lives. Secrets will eat you up. You feel so alone. I want to be able to speak the truth as loud as I had to speak the lie for so long. This is the next best thing. All right, Leaving Neverland is a documentary directed and produced by the British filmmaker Dan Reed. It focuses on two men, Wade Robson and James Safechuck, who allege they were sexually abused as children by the singer Michael Jackson. Perhaps you've heard of him. It also examines the effects on their families, and it was released, debuted, it actually debuted at the Sundance Film Festival, but was released on HBO last month. Now, the first reports of Jackson having a inappropriate contact with underage boys. They go as far back as 1992. This is nothing new, but the film really dials in and dives deep and takes a close look at these two boys in particular and their experience with him. They both met Michael when they were very young and formed close bonds with him that, hey, may have gotten a little too close. If you haven't seen the documentary, check it out. It's very compelling to most people, but not to all people. So joining us now is a good friend of mine, someone I've known for, I don't know, 16, 15 years, Joseph William Fritz, who has maybe a different take on the whole thing. Hello, Will. Hi, how's it going? Great. So you watched all four hours of this compelling documentary, I take it? Yes, I did watch it today. So why were you so against it? Um, well, personally, I didn't feel like there was any new information that I hadn't already heard. I did research before the documentary even came out to hear what Wade Robson or Robson or ever pronounced his last name, what his allegations were and what James Safechuck's allegations were. And then once the documentary did come out, I'd seen many YouTube clips that I could hear the clips of firsthand accounts from the uh, film. I don't even want to call it a documentary, quite honestly, but from the film. Um, so I just didn't feel, I felt like subjecting myself to it not only would give the viewership to HBO, and I didn't want to do that, even if it was on a free tri trial, but um, I also just felt like there wasn't any 
yeah, new information in the film. Um, and <laughs> though I am happy I did watch it just because it, I understand why uh, people were so convinced. So you did go in. It sounds like you went into it with a pretty clear view of the whole situation. Um, you know, that, that could be fair to say, except I, I do like to go into any film with an open mind, um, regardless of reviews or what my friends have told me. Um, I think I'm pretty, do a pretty good job of saying objective, but that's hard to say. But yeah, I mean, uh, I definitely had some opinions going in for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just want to read. So Maureen Orth, she writes for Vanity Fair and she's covered all of Michael Jackson's scandals. One thing that she said was, quote, what struck me most about the documentary as someone who spent more than a decade reporting on the allegations against Jackson was how closely Robson's and Safechuck's stories mirrored those of Jordy Chandler, Gavin Arviso, and Jason Francia. Those are the other accusers. So many details of each case were the same. The targeting of boys from troubled families, the skillful grooming, the gifts, the seduction, the jacuzzis, the way sex was performed, the fear and threats of what would befall them if they ever told anyone what Jackson had done. Their dismissals by Jackson followed a similar pattern, too. As puberty approached, Robson and Safechuck say in the documentary they were abruptly thrown to the curb and replaced with a new, younger kid. So were you moved, like, hearing their personal stories, did you, were you moved by those at all? Um, well, like I said, before seeing the documentary today, I had heard the accounts of what their personal stories were. I had basically known the details, so I hadn't heard any new facts. I wanted to give the benefit of the doubt to hear it from them, even though I had heard parts of it from YouTube clips, um, and also just hear it in context of how the film was made. Um, it, it did not necessarily make me feel anything new about the situation, if that's what your question is. Um, well, I yes, was just, I, unfortunately. Yeah, okay. Okay. So when you take out the, just the details of the situation, the, what I found most moving about the documentary more than anything was simply James Safechuck, seeing him describe the stuff that happened and seeing him talk about it. it he looked truly pained and saddened by the whole thing. So it wasn't so much of the saucy details. Sure. Sure. Yeah. He, um, no, I mean, his body language, his eyes, I can definitely see how you can walk away from that, from that film and feel convinced given his, how, how he tells the story. I, I understand what you're saying there. Um, to your point before uh, about the article in Vanity Fair, and um, I don't know if that's the same author who, who's done, I think there was one article that was like 10 undeniable facts about Michael Jackson um, I, and I, I'd have to say probably Michael Jackson's family and a lot of people who, um, you know, have been defending Michael Jackson would not agree with her account of a lot of situations. Which is just funny and kind of perfect because it's called 10 Undeniable Facts, but go ahead. The specifics as far as exactly what the sexual abuse was happening, um, there is a uh, book that was written, and I don't even want to say the name of the author because he's a pedophile enthusiast, and it is basically a fan fiction novel written about Jordy Chandler and Michael Jackson. And the Chandler family has come out since saying that they had nothing to do with it, Jordy Chandler had nothing to do with it, that this is not real. Uh, Michael Jackson actually sued this guy and won. 
a case of millions of dollars uh, for slander or libel or, you know, basically for the lies that were in the book. And this book, it seems as though a lot of people have suggested has been the test piece or the, the basis of a lot of stories that have come out later, uh, mainly Wade Robson and especially James Safechuck. People have linked a lot of specific details about James Safechuck's story to specific details that were penned in this novel. So it's interesting. I mean, a lot of people would say, this is a story that has been written about Michael Jackson a long time ago, right after he acclaimed some of the most power that any man has ever claimed, has, has ever claimed. Um, and not to, I, I hate bringing race into this, but unfortunately, it is, he is one of the most powerful black men in our times, in our culture. And that does have a point here. Um, a lot of people say that he has been targeted by the powers that be, the one percenters, however you want to call it. Some, what? People, some people would even label people like David Geffen and other huge executives, maybe even Tommy Mottola, whoever, have targeted Michael Jackson for a very, very long time. I mean, this is somebody who's had the top video of all time, Billie Jean, and could not get it played on MTV on the sole purpose that he was African-American. Okay. Uh, first of all, when MTV was first starting for the first few years, they didn't play hardly any black artists. That was a big deal. Michael Jackson was one of the few black artists who was on their rotation, along with like Prince and Donna Summer. Billie Jean was considered the video that broke the color barrier. That was like the first black artist's video that they played over and over again. It was a big deal. But this has nothing to do with why we're talking tonight, Will. Where did this come from? I mean, this is the history of Michael Jackson. We have to take all this into account. We have to take into account that there was a 10-year investigation of Michael Jackson by the FBI and found no evidence. If there, if there were so many kids, as these two kids are alluding, or these two adults now are alluding to, that were molested by Michael Jackson, including them, how, how did the FBI not find any of this? And it doesn't even seem like Michael Jackson was in a position that the FBI would favor him. So this, these details and many other details, especially when it comes to Wade Robeson's and James Safechuck's history, I just do not convince me that they are telling the truth on the documentary, unfortunately. So you think James Safe, you think they're making these stories up? I think that they have the same lawyer team, and that is true. And I think that... But wait, do you think they're making the stories up? Well, I, I do think that they are greatly embellishing certain details to make it seem like Michael Jackson sexually abused children, including themselves. I don't think all of their stories are completely made up, but I do feel as though them... They and their families have a vested interest in making money off of these stories. Well, okay, so okay. On that note, let's be clear here that in the documentary, Wade Robson and James Safechuck are talking about their stories and their stories alone. They're not making any claims for anybody else. Uh, also, well, let's also be. Can I be clear okay. that people keep saying that, and Dan Reed keeps saying that, but the documentary does go into Jordy Chandler 
and the Gavin Arviso cases. So it's not just about their stories. It's actually about Michael Jackson. Well, it presents, so, it, mean, pre- it presents the stuff that's public record, like the lawsuits and the results, the settlements. Well, I, well, that's, that could be, I mean, certain facts are definitely not presented. There it can be argued, can be argued in the way that the film presents it, but go ahead. Sorry. Uh, talking. For the record, facts cannot be argued, but well, I was just going to say, so they're, presenting their stories, but also HBO is not paying them at all. So I just, so what I, I I guess my question is with James Safechuck and especially Wade Robson. Now, both of them testified once on Michael Jackson's behalf. Wade Robson did it twice. So if anything coming out with this story now, I mean, he had to know that it was going to open himself up to being called a liar, a hypocrite, all that stuff. James Safechuck, I mean, he went from obscurity to he does not seem to be enjoying this spotlight. He seems very uncomfortable. He says he felt in the interview he did with Oprah, he actually says that he feels guilty because he hasn't because he still kind of struggles with feeling like he wants to protect Michael. And so coming out with this story, he's actually felt guilty about it. I mean, he does not he isn't doesn't seem like he's, you know, bathing in. No, it can't be an enjoyable circumstance for anyone involved, but. Sadly, this is 2019, and we I don't really want to get into specifics and other stories, but we have seen in the news people desperately lying about the most awful things for money, relevance, fame, attention. Irrelevant. And the fact of the matter is that both of these gentlemen and their families have come under considerable financial strain in the immediate, not too long ago. And I mean, you know, these, I'm, I'm not making any of these, what I say up, like, you know, you look into the tons of articles and YouTube videos that fans have made. And I just want to make a point real fast about the fans. Everyone's just assuming that anybody who's defending Michael Jackson clearly is just so overshadowed by the sunlight beaming from his celebrity-ness or, or that they just are denying the situation or that they're dealing with their own domestic abuse and just don't want to just don't want to admit it. The fact of the matter is Michael Jackson fans have been researching his life since he was alive. Since but what's that have to do with, with his, what, fine to his comb? But what's like, that have to do with what happened under the sheets at night? Well, what that has to do with that is the fact that there's testimony from seemingly thousands of individuals who, who were there. under those sheets at different times. I mean, they talk in the film about parties with Jordy Chandler and Macaulay Culkin, and they've given... I mean, Jordy Chandler, if we're getting into his case, he would not officially testify in a criminal trial against Michael Jackson because he did not agree with his father. I mean, he came out and said that. So, I mean, to state, you know, to claim him as someone who still hasn't had justice. Well, Wait a minute. Well, so did Wade. On board with the idea. So did Wade and so, James. What? They they testified on behalf of Michael Jackson. No, but what I'm saying is Joy Chandler would not testify in 1992 or 1993. In that case, that was a civil lawsuit that got settled. Right. He would not, they did not open a criminal lawsuit. And the, one of the reasons they did not pursue it is one, the insurance company paid off, paid them off. Also, the fact of the matter is they couldn't do a criminal trial because Joy Chandler would not testify against Michael Jackson. 
So to keep him on the list of people who haven't had justice against Michael Jackson's crimes is unfair because Joy Chandler, I would assume even now as an adult, would not say that Michael Jackson sexually molested him because he has said that in the past. Well, there's no dispute that at age 34, Michael Jackson slept more than 30 nights in a row with the 13-year-old Jordy Chandler at the boys' house with his mother present, also at his dad's house and at Neverland. Now, does, is that normal? Well, it's no dispute, as we all know, that Michael Jackson slept in beds with children of both sexes. No. And it's, what girls? Yes, what girls? Plenty of girls. Wade Robeson's sister admits this on the documentary. They never slept she, in the same bed. With Michael Jackson, yes they did. There's she, plenty of Brandy Jackson, Michael Jackson's niece. YouTube search and YouTube and look at interviews of Brandy Jackson admits to sleeping in the same bed as Michael Jackson. This was not a situation where he was luring young bed boys into his bed to molest them and groom them and take advantage of them. Michael Jackson's friends were children because he wanted to have pillow fights and watch the sound of music and eat popcorn and giggle and play and then go outside and play on that crazy Ferris wheel that was in, Never in Neverland because he wanted to be a child because he never got to be a child. And that's what Michael Jackson fans that defend him believe. That's Whether, fine. They can believe what? that. They can believe that, and all of that may be true. But what's the proof? What's the proof against that? That's the question. Because the evidence, there's none. But will I mean? It's been very well documented that in sexual assault and molestation cases, there's usually not concrete evidence because sure. It, but this, but we are, but these gentlemen are claiming that there was a whole system in place, and probably other children involved as well. So, yes, yeah, right. In individual cases, there is not usually evidence. And that is what these are. They are telling their stories. But can you? has there been one credible witness, a credible witness, that can say they witnessed anything in all of that time? Well, no, because people, typically, if, when a molest, is, typically when a molester is going to molest a child, they don't do it in front of a lot of other people. No, of course. But at the same time, people did still work there. You know what yes. I mean? I mean, that's a perfect. Still... That's a perfect time to bring this up. So, uh, the a woman named Adrian McManus. She was she lived and worked at the Neverland Ranch for five years, and she was recently interviewed by sixty Minutes Australia. So you know, mm-hmm. not the mainstream media for here. And when she was asked about what she saw during some of these sleepovers, she had some interesting comments. Let's listen, and we'll talk on the other side. I started realizing, thinking, wondering uh, when he was taking baths with them. They were sleeping in his bed. But they're sleeping and they're sleeping. Yeah. yeah you were talking about the worst kind of sleeping with children. Uh, yes. I know the truth. I was there. And when I would go in the next day, there were little boys' underwears either on the floor with Michael's or they were in the jacuzzi. So you were suspicious as soon as you saw that? Yeah, I got suspicious. And then I would find underwears also in his bed. Okay. You asked for a witness. There she is. I'm not sure if I've seen that interview before. I couldn't, I was trying to like listen because I've, I've, there have sadly been several interviews of ex-workers and people who 
claim that. Um, there was a whole conspiracy, unfortunately, of five ex-employees of Michael Jackson who stole from him and were fired and came out later and claimed the same. Now, why would that make them speak on the children's behalf? Well, it sounds like, I mean... Because that was already in the news. I mean, that was already the story that was out there. I mean, ever since the Jordy Chandler keep, But you keep bringing up Jordy Chandler. Jordy Chandler has not come out to be on side on Team Jackson. Well, you brought him up first. I didn't bring him up first. Because he's one of five boys. that I'm mentioning it. He is one of five boys. But since... My point is, is since the Jory Chandler allegations, that has been what everyone has clung on to to sue Michael Jackson. Before Jory Chandler, that whole situation happened. You know, people were claiming he had, you know, had a child with him all through the 80s, the Billie Jean story. I mean, people were suing him. I mean, but we're talking one, about... thing I want, one, thing, one thing I want to mention real fast is everyone that gave the four and... Five hours, if they watch the Oprah interview, too, to Leaving Neverland, deserves to watch Neverland renamed, or re... Fuck, I'm... Oh, not renamed. Oh, I'm messing it up right now. Uh, Neverland, uh... Oh, I forget the name of it. (laughs) But it's a 30-minute documentary, and it basically is saying a lot that I'm saying in a succinct amount of time. And it shows, it introduces you to Brandy Jackson, it introduces you to Taj Jackson. But, it gives you another perspective. Okay, on well, the let situation. me, let me, because you're, okay, you're, since you're bringing up some of Jackson's relatives in the Oprah interview, you know, you've mentioned this as well in our prior conversations, but some people were disenchanted and not, they pointed out that Dan Reed didn't interview anyone from the Jackson family or anyone who might offer defense. And Oprah did ask him about that. And here's what he had to say. So, Dan, why didn't you interview anyone in the Michael Jackson family? Well, this is, a, this is a film that's not about Jackson. It's about what happened to Wade and James. Now, I think no one in the family disputes that Michael spent night after night after night with little boys. He spent many nights with little boys, different little boys. So there's no, there's no dispute about that. What is... And the issue here is what happened when the bedroom door closed and the lights went off, right? So who knows about that? Well, what happened was between Wade and Michael and between James and Michael. To my knowledge, there was, and none of you guys have ever mentioned that anyone else was in the room or that there were any other I was gonna ask, was there ever anybody else in the room? No, when abuse was happening, no. So how would, you know, what is is the journalistic value of uh, of interviewing someone who says, well, Michael was a really nice guy and he'd never do anything to a child? Particularly if that person has a gigantic vested interest in your know, financial interest in smearing these these two young men. I agree. <laughs> I mean, like, what um, does Brandy Jackson know about what happened in bed with between Wade and Michael? I mean, I have four. I've, yeah, but, I have three no, sisters. Don't, they don't know what I did last night. Right. I don't think that's the point. And I think Dan Reed's smart enough to know that's not the point. The point that that people are saying and that the point the question really should have been, and I wish Oprah had grilled him more on it, is that the journalistic integrity in making what you would call a documentary means that you should research and show all sides of a situation. That's what that means. It doesn't mean just in this situation, oh, because no one else was there, there's not all sides of a situation. If they're going to talk about Michael Jackson being a pedophile, 
they should have researched all sides of the situation. They should have researched friends and families. They should have researched their stories more. There should be corroborating experts or even friends of Wade Robson in the do- in the film. But there's none. There's not even any of that. There's, there's his whole family. There's his whole family who who right, looks who really vested, bad. Who have a vested who have a vested interest as well. No, they look really bad. I mean, like his mother looks horrible. What? They're not going to get billions of dollars. I mean, like his mom looks Why horrible. Why what? What do you mean? I mean, like if Wade Robson and James Safechuck win this, this appeal in the court, they could get a billion dollars. And you, you think they're not going to, first of all, they're not going a billion dollars. I mean, when you said that the settlement is ranging from like 500 million. I'm just saying that. Well, that's that's what the reports are. I mean, I'm not making the, I'm not just making this up, Jonathan. I like that's what the reports are. That's what people. I mean, that's what is out there. That's the information that's out there. You can. Well, look those into numbers it are not publicly available. They would have to be making them. I mean, like I'm not saying you're. I'm not saying you didn't hear that, but that number. First of all, that's a wild. Like to say 500 million to two billion. That's. I mean, 500 million. I, no, that's that's why I texted you. Is just all those are the numbers I've heard okay. as far as. What they could that what they what they could possibly win in this appeal that but, is still pending. But right now, Wade Robson is almost estranged from his mother because of coming to terms with this and realizing that she was almost complicit in it. So it's not like well, sure, that's what the film that's what the narrative of the film suggests. Absolutely, and I'm not saying that's not true. I mean, I personally, my feeling is that I feel like there's more to the stories as far as the strained relationship between these men and their families. And there were several inverted statements they made about giving up their children to fame and success. That would make me, that would just make me believe that this cannot be the one and only time where there has been abuse towards these gentlemen. If, if any abuse at all came from Michael Jackson is, I don't know, is, but Okay, well, just when you talk about evidence, how about the jewelry and rings that uh, James actually still has that were purchased by Michael? There's no evidence that those were given from sexual favors or because of some, any romantic relationship. They could say, I mean, I'm, I'm holding two batteries in my hand right now. I could say that you gave these to me. And so, I think, mean, you know what I mean? You could no. take any object. What? No, I don't, because I'm saying that, like, I mean, these were, there's no dispute that Michael gave them to him. I mean, his family... Yeah, it's jewelry and their rings. Did they have big, splashy diamonds on them? That yeah, made them look they were. Like well, it was expensive. Rings? It was expensive, but that's not. Well, even yeah, the point. but everything Michael Jackson gave to anybody was expensive. I mean, <laughs> okay, but think and about this. Also, I mean, this yeah. is. I, it's weird to me that. Okay, we have a thirty-four-year-old or maybe older sleeping in a bed with a young boy, giving him jewelry. Now, that's just stuff that we can all see. So at night, stuff happens that James and Wade are saying and other kids have said that we weren't there, so we can't verify. But, you know, the jewelry's there. We see it. We know that they had these relationships. That alone, if I had a little kid with me that I I was sleeping... Hold on, hold on. If I had a little kid with me right now, I'm 31. If I had like a nine or eight-year-old, and I was sleeping in bed with him, buying him jewelry. That is weird. <laughs> well, you did not grow up how Michael Jackson grew up. Doesn't mean you, it's okay to, to that doesn't mean it's okay. 
I mean, that is a horseshit excuse. The things that Michael Jackson is accused to have done to children is a crime, a federal crime. So no matter how fucked up your childhood was, you are not allowed to murder people. You're not allowed to rob banks. You're not allowed to molest children. Sorry, it doesn't matter how fucked up his childhood was. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that we have an understanding that there's an implicit sexual, like, relationship he has with these children. No, it's not implicit. They're saying it. Because of that. Well, right. I mean... But everyone was already assuming that because of his Michael Jackson's relationship with children. So it didn't take much for them to encourage the idea even more that these relationships are sexual. Look, Michael Jackson gave gifts to people, to children, yeah. tons of people. I mean, like he gave jewelry, he gave artwork, he gave, he restored children to life through singing and positive thought. And I'm not saying that someone who can do that mm-hmm. can't do what they're claiming that they can, that happened. Kind of sounds like you are. Look, I'm just, I'm just saying that for them to, in the, in this film, to, for them to claim that they had the most special connection relationship with him and that stuff like that was special to them, I highly doubt it. And I don't think that necessarily means that Michael Jackson was sleeping with other children. I think that he gave lots of gifts. I think he was very affectionate. I think he was very sweet. He clearly gave a lot of affectionate notes to people with weird nicknames and strange, playful behavior. From to me, it all seems quite innocent. I don't see where the evidence is that anything had a sexual or seditious nature involved to it, except for their stories. Which, well, and the fact that they were sleeping in the same bed. Michael's on. He was on that documentary saying this. The most loving thing you can do is share your bed. I mean, he didn't deny sleeping with little boys. But let's just be clear because we've, you know, we've talked about Wade and James, and then we're kind of throwing right, out. But wait, can I just can I say something really fast though on that point? I mean, I, yes, I did not grow up with the idea that sleeping with other people, sleeping in the same bed as me as a child with other adults was okay or natural, or that now as an adult, do I feel comfortable sleeping in the same bed with other people's children that I even know very well. But Michael Jackson did not grow up like a normal person. He grew up as a Jehovah's Witness in the limelight with no... What does Jehovah's Witness have to do with it? I know how Jehovah's Witnesses are raised. They I have, do not celebrate birthday parties. They do, they're not really, I mean, like, it, they don't, and I'm not disparaging Jehovah's Witness, but they, they do not get raised in the same way a typical child in the 70s in America, even just a normal child that probably went to, like, a Methodist church would have gotten raised. They usually are very sheltered, and I, and that's... But let's just be clear, we're not, you're not saying that a Jehovah's Witness who's raised that way would be more inclined to uh, molest a child. No, right. I'm clearly saying the Good. opposite. I'm, well, I'm saying, I'm arguing that he didn't molest children, and I'm saying that he was robbed of a childhood, so when he was sleeping and cuddling with children in beds, he was not, there wasn't a sexual nature to it, because he didn't get to do that as a child. When we're children, that makes sense for us to just play, 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 pass out, cuddle with whatever playmate your mom brought over because she's friends with, you know, the person down the street. I mean, that makes sense to us as children. But did you, and it doesn't make sense. When I won't, when I had, when I had sleepovers, I think my first sleepover ever, I was seven years old. And 
in no in none of my sleepovers did I wake up with my underwear off. I mean, the maid well, in her story. Those, well, sure, but you know, why would she make that up? That maid, well, I mean, you know, we almost here's the thing about again about Michael Jackson and about these interviews in in the tabloids and in the press is that you can't really trust everything that's being said in the press about Michael Jackson because they're going to pay a lot of money. And yes, they're who's they? That, well, wait, what do you mean? Who's like they? Like who is offering mo- that money? Whoever is trying to get the interview, I would assume. Like who? Oh. Like that woman that was interviewed that you the clip that you played. sixty minutes does I mean, not you, pay for interviews. Okay, well, I don't Australia sixty minutes Australia. Do you know that yeah. for sure? Yes, I actually looked that up. Now she might. Right. In, I mean, I mean, like, look, if people are suing. Then they're suing. I don't think she is suing. But I just want to be clear, though. Okay, so the, when I when we're talking about this, the five, as of this moment, there are five boys Michael Jackson Michael, Michael Jackson shared beds with and have accused him of abuse. They are Jordy Chandler, Jason Francia, Gavin Arviso, Wade Robson, and James Safechuck. And yes, he had nicknames for all of them. Uh, he called Robson Little One. He called Safe Chuck Applehead and stuff like that. Now, let me ask you about this. Well, and I, let me just say as well, he had nicknames. For everybody. Yes, but nicknames are not nicknames are not weird. Siblings, no, I don't. So I mean, that's what I feel like. As we talk about Michael Jackson, we should get past the point of like, oh, he was a very strange and weird person. So signs point to the fact that he was a pedophile. No, I don't think anyone's saying that because he was kind of a weird kid and had a horrible upbringing. That's why we think he molested kids. People think he molested kids because he openly slept in beds with them, and now these kids who he slept in beds with are saying he molested them. But also, you can't use his weird upbringing and kind of sad childhood as an excuse for potentially criminal behavior. No, an explicit story is not just like, oh, he slept in the same bed with children. No, I'm talking therefore about. Therefore, he is a pedophile. I'm talking about like yeah, the stories they are telling. The, okay, what were you going to say? Sorry. What um, say? Well, okay, so we know that Michael Jackson suffered from the skin discoloration disease vitiligo. Now, Jordy Chandler, in his original testimony, he drew a picture of the markings on Jackson, on like his private sure. areas. Yes, I am familiar with this story. And right <laughs> after. He did this. They, yeah, they did a search of Michael Jackson. And, and the photographs matched. There was a match. Right. But I would go to michaeljacksonallegations.com. Oh, There's boy. a full story about how, and you know what? This information came up in the 2005 trial to a jury of his peers. So they investigated that just as thoroughly then. And yet that jury found that there was no conclusive evidence that for that to be true. So th- there is information out there that shows that even though they claimed it was a match right after the search was done, the very embarrassing and publicly known search that was done on Michael Jackson's body, and there's actually information out there that suggests that there wasn't a match. So Of course there is. Has, I mean, there's going to be, yeah, there's going to be information out there disputing everything by people who don't want to believe it. Like, look, I like no, but, Michael Jackson's well, but music. No, but, like, they investigated. Like, what did you hear? Listen to what I just said. It, I mean, like, we can debate this in the, the in public opinion, but this was investigated. I mean, this was in a court. This was in the entire case, you know, in 2005. So it's, I the mean, 2005 so case had I, nothing to do with Jordy Chandler. But they went into that case, though, even though they probably shouldn't have, but they did. So, I mean, it's kind of refuting your claim a little no, it bit isn't. that it's he said, she said. Well, yes, if it was investigated in the court, that's an official 
that's official declaration that that has been i mean like whether whether you want to believe in our judicial system or not because of different high profile celebrity cases i mean michael jackson you know came out of that trial completely innocent well, from the okay. jury of his peers so did oj simpson but let me just say something the, that was a different, completely different circumstances. You can't equate those two whatsoever. I'm and not equate. Excuse me. I'm not equate. Will you just did? Well, my point is that sometimes guilty people get off. Period. Yeah. But let's not forget that in the 2005 trial, a huge reason, a huge compelling argument for Michael Jackson was the testimony of Wade Robson. And his family and several other people. Who have now come out. The reason Wade's family testified on Michael's behalf was because of what Wade was telling them. And Wade has since come out and said it was all bullshit. Not just his family. Not other people. Wade Culkin hasn't changed his story. Brett Barnes hasn't changed his story. It was. It's just been Wade Robeson and his family. Will, and James Safechuck, by the way, wasn't what? what Who else does, has come out? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Macaulay Culkin, maybe, maybe Macaulay Culkin really wasn't molested. But what does that have to do with Wade Robson? He never saw, because he was around Wade Robson all the time. Not in bed alone. Well, he was over at those sleepovers. They said that in the the film. They said that there was a huge sleepover with Wade Robson. That was once, yes. They did say that. Well, but they also, in the clip I... They were around each other at these times when people were under the sheets and... Hmm. You know, hanky-panky, I guess, was going on, apparently. In the clip I just oh, played of Oprah asking Dan, and then she also asked the boys, she, they explicitly said when this behavior was taking place, it was always just the two of them. Sure, right, absolutely. Okay, I mean, so that would be why Macaulay that, didn't see it happening to Wade or James. So Michael Jackson was such a fantastic actor and manipulator that he convinced these people and probably people around him too, because really you can't hide that secret for too long if it's as blatant and they're having sex as often as they said in the film. Hence why we all know about it. So Michael Jackson was able, I mean, not only, not only did he accomplish all of the, you know, breaking all the records when it came to thriller and came to redefining music videos and touring the country constantly in all of that time, he also had time to groom these two gentlemen completely, to completely lie to the public, and be able to put on this great show that he's just this innocent victim. I mean, like, I'm, it just doesn't make sense to me. Michael Jackson wasn't that good of an actor, to be quite honest, but with all respect to Michael Jackson. I'm, it just doesn't make any sense to me. The story doesn't add up. So he was, you think he was, was too busy to be molesting these kids? It just doesn't, no, it's not that it's just like that proves that he wasn't molesting these kids, but their story, there's nobody else to corroborate the story besides these two families that are set to financially gain from this situation. There's no friends, there's no one around that say, oh, that was kind of weird. I was friends with Wade. I was there that night. That was strange. Well, you know, like, as you know, the, the original lawsuit filed by Wade and James failed because the statute of limitation was up. So they're probably not going to win money. No, well, it's under appeal right now. Right. But there's actually some, apparently, and Brandy and Taj Jackson talk about this, if you want to search, 
you know, clips of any interviews they've done on YouTube channels because most major media outlets but will wait, not interview them. This is important. Um, Please, can you explain to people yeah. what Taj and Brandy know about these boys' experience? Oh, this is extremely important because Wade Robson is claiming that Michael Jackson was sexually abusing him from the ages of 7 and 14, yet it's, and that he consistently was telling him not to be around girls. I mean, they said that in the film, that both of these gentlemen said that Michael Jackson had a thing about him, those kids, and other relationships, especially girls, especially their moms. What? Yet, Michael Jackson set up Wade Robson and his niece, Brandy Jackson, when they were 12 years old because Wade Robson went to Michael Jackson and asked him to. That seems to, so, that seems like a, a good way to keep him within grasp, to keep it in the family. That seems like a good way to keep him in grasp. grasp well, say, so. I mean, if he's looking to have a girlfriend, it would make sense, it would make sense for Michael to want him to well, date. Why didn't their relationship continue past fourteen? They, there's this big story that because Wade they had were hit puberty by Macaulay, jo- Macaulay Culkin and Brett Barnes. Exactly. Right. So why would he? Why? Why at twelve when he was about to start puberty? He's he's even more trying to keep him in his grasp and keep him in his family and have him date his niece. Maybe I mean, it just it doesn't make sense to me because he wants him to keep personally. keep him quiet. I mean, you know but that was, these boys they, love the Michael. They, they're complaining about how Michael Jackson's not spending time with them. Wait, so it, that doesn't make any sense. It like, does. It does. The whole story. He's getting bored with them because they're older. He's not spending time with them. They're feeling jealous. I just watched it today. That's the whole sob story, right? No, I mean, like, I'm not sure what you're talking. Well, because like these boys. And they both even still say that they, you know, the reason they met Michael, at least one of them, Wade, was because he won a contest and the prize was to meet Michael. He loves Michael. He looks, it was like a God figure. I mean, I don't see that they were just sitting, waiting in the wings for a good time to come out and say these allegations if they weren't true. James Safechuck looks tortured by this stuff. Yeah, I don't think they were waiting for this. I think they both were in desperate financial situations. Felt like they had no other choice but to play this card. Why? I mean, I Wade, feel like Wade Robson, he well, was a judge con- on dancing. I don't know why. You know, this is America. Well, Wade Robson, you know, there's a lot of accounts from people in the industry that say Wade Robson has burnt a lot of bridges. Oh. Um, there's lots of stories, you know. I don't know if you even know about how he had told everyone that he was choreographing the Cirque du Soleil Michael show and did not get the job through the Michael Jackson estate and felt jilted by the Michael Jackson estate. He was supposed to direct Step Up 3 or 4 or whatever and had a complete meltdown. Mm -hmm. He talked about that on the film. He he talks about the film. He blames Michael Jackson. He says that's because of the abuse that everything happened. But uh, accounts from people who have worked with him in the industry is that he is a very arrogant person, and he's a very duplicitous person. He's an opportunist. And this is exactly what Brandy, Jack- Brandy Jackson said, who was with him intimately for nine years off and on, until he cheated on her with Britney Spears, as well as Prince's wife. Oh, and he met his current wife around that time, too. Well, no one knows who Brandy Jackson is, and all of this character assassination stuff has absolutely nothing to do with what may or may not have happened in bed between Wade Robson and Michael Jackson. Nothing. I mean, you know, he could be the worst piece of shit ever. Doesn't mean Michael Jackson didn't inappropriately touch him, perhaps molest him. Uh, It's just interesting. It's just interesting. And not to say that people like that, like, Somebody like that couldn't have been abused when they were a child. That is not what I'm saying. 
I'm just saying the timeline doesn't really add up for some people. That's all I'm saying. People have researched and looked into it. And the timeline of why he decided to take out the lawsuit why do you, and why this documentary is coming out as well is interesting, too. You know, some people point to the interesting fact that the Harvey Weinstein trial was supposed to happen the week Leaving Neverland was released. And Oprah Winfrey, as we all, I hope most of us have researched and know very well, is best friends with Harvey Weinstein, or used, or was. Okay, okay, we're getting off in the weeds. Oprah has nothing. Harvey Weinstein has nothing to do with this. Okay, I just want to read one thing. Well, for some people it does. For some people it does. Because the attention is being diverted away from this white perpetrator (sighs) into one of the most powerful black perpetrators in the in the, uh, I'm sorry, one of the most powerful black men in the world. Is Oprah not black? It's just interesting. I, I, that has, I don't think that has anything to do with it. I don't think Oprah has always... Oprah, unfortunately, in the past has not always been, you know, been on the right side of history and other situations as well. Like so what? Her, her diets? Color doesn't... No, I mean... All right, all right. I just could get into that. That's off the top. Okay, so quickly, both Robson and Safechuck, they previously testified under oath that Jackson never touched them, but uh, there's an article that says, there's a good reason to believe they're telling the truth now. Ron Zonin, a prosecutor in the 2005 trial who has tried many sex abuse cases, told the journalist that he understood why Wade Robson and Jimmy Safechuck came out when they did instead of, quote, when we needed them, end quote. Especially for male victims, he said it has to be on their terms. They finally decide to disclose when the pain becomes unbearable and it's not going to get better until they talk to someone and tell the truth about it. And they've both said that, I mean, Wade has said that he was compelled to come forward when his child reached the age that he was when he first met Michael and he started visualizing someone doing that to his kid. And he said if it wasn't for his child, he may he probably would still be silent today. So, so you know, there are often stories about why people don't come forward, why they don't... Sure. Point, right. I, am not, I don't think anybody who is defending Michael Jackson is defending him saying that, you know, none of that could... It's just not true. It could, it could not be true. Like, somebody who could could forget forget the story or or want to defend Michael Jackson because he loved him what people are noticing though is that the reasons people they are citing don't always seem to be consistent from before this film to during this film and i mean there has been a lot of accounts of Wade Robson changing his story and as we all know the biggest one being yeah. he literally testified he was the star witness for michael jackson he was not subpoenaed like he said in the exactly. film There's a lot of inaccuracies in the film Why inaccuracies what is wait, what do you mean in the film volunteered what do you mean he, that he said he said that he was subpoenaed let me just say this because be it's fan. it's funny because there's if there's one thing to really go after wade robson for in my opinion the one thing that really didn't sit well with me was the fact that you know Okay, it's one thing to testify on Michael's behalf when you're 9, 10, 11 years old. But then... Right, he was an adult, absolutely. Yes, but... In 2005. So then, 22, right. I think. Yes, 22. Then to come back and do it again when there's somebody... I mean, you're... He's basically... I mean, he volunteered. I know that. I mean, emphatically volunteered to do it. Right. You know? And there was somebody... And the story that Michael... He was doing what you're doing now. Called him. Did what? 
you know, like call everything into question. I mean, he basically, because think about it. What were they testifying for? There was somebody on the other side of that trial, uh, you know, Jason Arvizo or whoever it was. Um, not Jason. Gavin Arvizo. Right. Gavin Arvizo. And so right. he basically, having known what happened to him, he still was calling Gavin a liar. Well, and there's been, I mean, there is, there's information out there as well that the Arvizos were full of shit. So, I mean, okay. I don't, you know, that's... So everyone's know, full of shit. I mean, that, that's... A, no, it's not everyone's full of shit. I'm, again, I'm not making this up. People aren't just making up information. You Some are. this up. Yeah, exactly. Like that film. No. Right. They, there's no... First of all, it's just these boys telling their story. What was... I mean, you know, like... I, sorry. It, I, it, it just... It, it felt... It, I, I, I just... I have not... I did. I, I did not buy it. It. I. I'm sorry. So, and you know what? Here's the. Because uh, here's the thing. You know, I'm not just. It's not like you know when R. Kelly and Kevin Spacey and everybody else was alleged these situations. I as well just did not want to believe it. I loved their work. There. You know. There's no way. Like Michael Jackson, and like probably a lot of people who've looked into Michael Jackson, I looked into all these situations too. I've read the articles, I looked into the accounts, into the stories. And to me personally, this one doesn't add up. The other ones, they make sense because from person to person to person to person, the same trends hold still. And in this case, I'm sorry, I can't believe it when they're defended by the same legal team who have been in trouble. For coaching witnesses in the past, I mean, who, who, yes, who? Because we we're talking. I don't know the name of there's the five accusations. I'm talking about Wade Robson and James Safechuck. Okay. If you want to go into the other accusations, we can go into those. Jory Chandler. He basically hasn't actually ever testified against Michael Jackson. He so I don't even think that one really it, counts. Well, he accepted never, twenty-two million dollars from him. Um, his family did, and they accepted it from the insurance company. Two million went before. to the parents. Twenty-two went to Jordy. Right from the insurance company. None of that was from Michael Jackson, and he really didn't have any decision. Sure, he did. That. He when could. He, in, he had to decide no, to settle. You really don't. When you no, when you are a product of the music industry, as we have seen now, the history of the music industry, you don't get. You don't. When you are at the level of Michael Jackson, you don't get. To make decisions like that. You called him one of the most powerful black men in our country. Sure. And and now you're saying... Michael Jackson didn't even get to... I mean, he was. But even his powers had limits. He didn't get to to choose whether or not to settle? Well, the reason he was so powerful was because of the, the publishing that he owned. It wasn't because of his him touring or because of the that that aspect of his life. It was actually because of a very savvy business move that he made. When it came to it came to him performing, he was very much under the thumb of Sony and many other people. But sorry, you you had asked a question. I'm getting what Well okay, with Jordy Chandler, okay, so the first reports of Jackson having sleepovers with the young boys came in Rolling Stone back in ninety two. The thirteen year old boy's father said in said privately his son told him that Jackson had been molesting him repeatedly. Jordy told a psychiatrist that Jackson had, quote, cuddled him and open mouth kissed him. There is no dispute that, like I said, at age 34, Michael slept with Jordy, 13, more than 30 nights in a row, same bed, at the in various houses. Now, again, you've you said that because of his upbringing and because of his position that, you know, what's weird to us may not be weird to him. Okay, fine. 
doesn't that kind of peculiar behavior, if you're going to say that that weirdness, it may be normal for someone like Michael Jackson, perhaps these sexual acts might have seemed normal for Michael Jackson. Well, anything involving the Jordy Chandler case is really hard to take seriously, unfortunately, because we did find out that Evan Chandler was lying for money, that he had gone to Michael Jackson before he had alleged all this had happened to his son, had, had probably, it's, I mean, I don't know the full specifics of the situation, but there are accounts of him going, Evan Chandler co-wrote the movie uh, Men in Tights with Mel Brooks and wanted to make another movie and was trying to get Michael Jackson to fill, to fund this movie and Michael Jackson wouldn't. So the story is that Evan Chandler basically was Who is Evan Chandler? You're talking about his father? Jordy Chandler's father. Okay. Yes. Okay, so there's that. Now let's hear what uh, Michael Jackson's maid had to say about this specific situation and she was there. Is this the same one we Did you at any time see Michael Jackson molest Jordan Chandler? Um, I saw some stuff that I didn't think was appropriate with um, Mr. Jackson and Jordy. What sort of things did you see with, with Jordan Chandler? Michael kissing on him. Michael's hands kind of very close to Jordy's crotch. It was um, terrible to see. Okay, so she's making that up? Possibly. I mean, quite possibly. I mean, that is in the realm of possibility with Michael Jackson. So, I okay. Mean, so, the, Jordy. The history is. Jordy. Uh-huh. Jordy's father. Wade Robson. But, but when was that interview done? It was after all these allegations came up. I mean, once that happened, Michael Jackson was the target for anyone who wanted to claim they had a story about him and Jordy Chandler. That this guy, was, like I was talking about, I this, like I didn't want to say his name, but he wrote a whole novel claiming that this was the exposed story of Michael Jackson and Jordy Chandler. So people were coming out of the woodwork to just get their fangs in the story, whether they're, I mean, much like the O.J. Simpson trial. I mean, this was very much the same similar situation in that sense. Not in the sense. Here's how I see this interview. This first interview was done last February. So she had not worked for him for a very long time. She had no reason. She's not suing the estate. So she had no reason to come forth for money. If anything, it's just going to put her in the crosshairs of Michael Jackson fanatics who, you know, are going to come at her for this. I don't well, see any yes, benefit. That, na- that narrative has been... Oh, it's been... Re- I mean, well, come on. I get death threats for doing this radio show. They get death threats. <laughs> no, I'm sure that no one gets death threats, but I'm just saying that's interesting that they made a big deal about that both in the film and in the interview with Oprah. That, again, the there doesn't seem to be quite an objective approach taken to this quote-unquote documentary. Wait, what are you talking about? I'm talking about Wade. I'm talking about people who come out and tell these stories about Michael get attacked by his defenders. Well, I just think I think it's really a manipulative storytelling technique that in the actual documentary where you're claiming this is the situation that happened, you're, you also say at the end of it, oh, it's really terrible because we're getting death threats and it's really awful. And I just find that interesting because the documentary hadn't even come out yet. They, they were sh- already showing YouTube clips about people coming out against it. And to me, it just, I didn't see why it needed to be in the documentary whatsoever. It wasn't. The story was so strong. It is. Maybe it just got added in there since I've seen it, but it is. Well, that was from the Oprah interview, which was separate. No, this is at the end of the documentary or the film. Do you really think that they haven't been getting attacked by Michael Jackson defenders? No, but I just find it interesting that they would use that as, as what? several times as a ploy to be like, 
oh, don't criticize us because we're already getting death threats and we're victims. They that's didn't say that. Mess- they didn't no, say but that's basically what you're saying when you're no. adding that already into the material that's coming out. I mean, it's kind of a manipulative approach. I found the whole film, quite honestly, extremely emotionally manipulative. I didn't understand why they needed to get into the suicide of Wade Robson's father, except to manipulate it into seeming like it was Michael Jackson's fault. No. Because the grandmother said, oh, Michael wanted Joy to move and abandon his father. I mean, she blatantly said that. And I quite honestly don't believe that story. And if he did want her to move, I mean, I just feel like there's more to the story. It just seemed very sketchy. It seems like a lot of information is being left out in this situation. Well, you know, you... You're talking about that. You're talking about, ta- you know, nieces and nephews of Michael. You're talking about all this stuff, Oprah and how her past. We're, I mean, we're talking about what happened in bed with these boys and Michael. Yeah, but I mean, you don't think like what we were talking about before. If there's going to be a film about a situation and they're going to label it a documentary, this is about their don't story. You think there's a journalistic responsibility to to research the entire situation and not just pin in on just these, these certain allegations, right? These stories, what other documentary, especially dealing with this subject matter only does that doesn't have on an expert opinion, doesn't have on friends corroborating the situation that aren't part of the family that could, that could gain financially from this situation. I've never seen a documentary because that claims stuff at this level. Now the difference, yeah, the difference in this one is this person is dead. No, so the difference they, is yeah. that the stories being told are something that happened at night with two people in the room. I mean, if we were doing a documentary on the career of Michael Jackson, of course he had concerts, he put out albums, everyone heard this music. But, but there have been documentaries about two people alone at night and they're being alleged situations of sexual assault and they've been done much better than this like I mean, what what was like the one on netflix about that woman that was abducted oh my god i'm not remembering any names but that wasn't any about documentaries but that was about that, sexual you're, abuse and you're talking about between those two people well, that no one else saw and their family didn't know until later absolutely not but, that was about kidnapping that was about a story that was, i mean that guy kidnapped or abducted in plain sight i believe is what you're talking about yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Thank and, you. And this person, the guy, the neighbor had a relationship. Well, I don't know why kidnapping makes the story so different. He also still sexually abused her in private before he kidnapped her. And anyways, the, po- the point is, is that documentary was act- seemed to me like an actual documentary. It, it came across to me. It, I, I, I believed it. This one, unfortunately, felt really emotionally manipulative, felt really one-sided, uh, it excluded a lot of information, um, and it seemed very, you know, it seemed like very specific reasons why it excluded certain information. There's a lot of leaks in this. There's just a lot of loopholes in the story and inconsistencies, and it doesn't seem like people want to point those out because Oprah endorsed it, and HBO endorsed it, and Sundance endorsed it. That's what seems to people who are defending Michael Jackson. So. With the abduction in plain sight, abducted in plain sight, there was a relationship the parents had with the neighbor. There was a relationship the neighbor had with the siblings. There was the kidnapping. There was the return. There was the investigation. So there were a lot of. Like Oprah said, I mean, like, 
So there were a lot of people involved in those stories and a lot of people to talk to. We are talking in this documentary, it's about Wade's story and James's story. So when it comes to... And there was nobody, and there, again, there was nobody else around ever in these situations that weren't related to these two individuals. They, like I said, they talked about situations where other people were well, there. Why couldn't they get any of those people to do this? Like what? You mean like when they were at the like contest? Like Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, like we were talking about why they tried to get Jordy Chandler involved in this documentary. Why isn't he in the documentary? Because what does he have to, about him? Because he wasn't there when Wade was having his... Well, that didn't stop him from talking about him, and not just specific facts, like you said, that are just well-known. They insinuated stuff that's actually not even true, so... I mean, it's just interesting. Like, I, 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 I mean, it should have been made better. If this was... If this... I mean, as important as the subject matter is, as as damning as these these allegations are to, you know, a legacy. And, you know, I don't even care about that legacy, but let alone to just like the image of 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 this person who was not perfect, but I don't believe was a sexual predator. I, I just don't. I still don't believe it. I used to believe that. Actually, I did. For like eight years when he was alive, when he died, I had mixed feelings because I was like, oh, man, I don't know how I feel about that. Should I be happy? Because I was convinced he that was true. But I had since before this film came out, done even more research and the information that had convinced me that he was truly guilty of this, I found was incredible information. And that made me do more research and rethink the situation so, I don't know. I don't think the situation is as black and white as these two men are trying to make it seem. And I don't think that he sexually molested them. I think that he was an extremely affectionate person and a very unorthodox person when it came to giving his love. But I don't think that means he actually abused these children whatsoever. And I, that, that doesn't imply that I think that he had a sexual relationship with them and didn't understand that he was abusing them. He was a very well-read and cultured individual. He knew exactly well the difference between sexual abuse and innocent affection. And well, I, I, think, I personally think... I think that's a damning thing to say. Innocent affection. Because I actually... Of who? Of Michael. Because I actually think that what he was doing with them, he didn't see that as harmful. He probably saw it as loving. And, you know, I'm no, not hurting these kids. I don't think it's because I don't think he did it. So I don't think it's a damning at all. I think he knew very well the difference between sexual abuse and innocent affection towards children. And I think he gave children innocent affection. I think the evidence points to that. And You're I think actually, me. You really think that evidence points, points to that? Uh, With the, the stories, these actually, kids are... Can I finish? Can I finish? The evidence actually points to the fact that he was a heterosexual male who probably, oh, get this, had sex with Lisa Marie Presley, maybe even had sex with Diana Ross, actually. Because when they raided his ranch in 2003 for the trial in 2005, and there was reports saying that they found bestiality porn and child porn, that didn't happen. They found erotic novels in his library. They found heterosexual porn under his mattress, and they conflated all of the information into the media to make it seem like they had found this disgusting material. But the information that was shown to the trial, to the jury, where it actually really counts, where you can get in trouble for misleading information, there was no evidence. That was not the case. What I just said as far as him having heterosexual porn under his 
as what I said as far as having heterosexual porn under his mattress and adult erotic art books in his library with like and books with like pictures of naked kids, but they were like art books and stuff. They weren't kitty porn. They didn't find any kitty porn in his ranch. That never happened. The media has definitely made us. You really think? Like okay, so it's your it's your position that the media was out to just take Michael Jackson down. I think that the powers that be that you know the the same powers that control the media that in the 2016 focused so much on Donald Trump and didn't focus on Bernie Sanders. Uh, I think whoever's controlling the media that did that, the same people that since 1992, since Michael Jackson acquired the publishing of all these songs have come after him time and time again. And there's prominent figures like Gloria Allred and, oh, fuck it, what's his name? Edward Snowden or Snowden or something. It was like the chief. I'm not making this No, Edward Snowden. I'm not making this up. Edward Snowden is the guy who released the NSA information. Okay, not him. Okay, Okay. again, I'm not remembering the name. So there is a prominent guy who has a similar name like that, like Tom Snowden, I think is his name, I believe. I think Snowden is his last name. I believe he used to be the chief of police or something, a very high up official title in the L.A. Police Department, and he was notorious for trying to bring down Michael Jackson. And he was spearheading both of these uh, trials in in 1992 and 2005. I'm just saying there's a lot of information out there that very much discredits pretty much every single, all five of the allegations that have come out against Michael Jackson. If people just do a simple Google search and keep an open mind. How in the world can you say that, can you say that they don't have hard evidence proving their stories? Will, 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 will. Any evidence. Will. The ring is not an evidence. What name more evidence, please. There's no evidence. Okay. What other evidence? Take a breath. You can say will. Take a breath. But you're not answering the question. Because I didn't get to finish my phrase. How can you say okay, there's no hard evidence proving their story's true, but apparently there's enough evidence proving their story's false? There's what? What? No. Okay. Here's the problem. Wait, we're running I out of time, so I want to play one quote for you before because <sighs> we get cut off. All right. This is Latoya Jackson. <laughs> La- Latoya oh, Jackson. No. I must tell you that um, this is very difficult for me that Michael is my brother. I love him a great deal, but I cannot and I will not be a silent collaborator of his crimes against small, innocent children. And if I remain silent, then I mean that I feel the guilt and the humiliation that these children are feeling, and I think it's very wrong. I have seen checks payable to the parents of these children. And I don't know if these children were apparently bought the parents by Michael or not, but I have seen these checks, and I've seen these checks through my mother. She showed me these checks that Michael had written to these children, and it's for a great amount. And I'm not speaking pennies. The sums are very, very large amount. And this is my first time talking about it, and I never want to speak about it. I never want to say anything about it, but I think it's sad because I am a victim myself, and I know what it feels like. And these kids are going to be scarred for the rest of their life, and I don't want to see any more innocent small children being affected this way. I love Michael very dearly, but I feel even more sorry for these children because they don't have a life anymore. So that is sister of Michael Jackson, Latoya Jackson. Will? Great. Okay. Yes, I have two points. One, I want to answer your question you said before, and I didn't get a chance to answer. Um, there is evidence 
that was what I was saying. There is evidence to prove that he is not, that that was not the case. The evidence they used to try to prove that he was a pedophile was actually could be used to prove that possibly he's a heterosexual male. That was my point. Second off, do you have you done do you know yes. what was going on in Latoya? Yes, and I know she's come out and, and I know she's come out and said that she takes that back. Have you, have you looked at other interviews, other claims she has made around this time as well? Have you researched yeah. any of that? Sure, but I'm just so I'm just, does I'm, it sound do her other interviews sound like this is a credible person, a credible source? Well, Will. Because she made a lot of lies and claims bring, during that time. Okay. And as as we came to find out, she had lived in the... Okay, we know how we were talking about how they were Jehovah's Witness and what point did that make? Because Latoya Jackson was completely repressed, completely sheltered, lived in that house her whole life until she met this man, and he abducted her from the family and basically had her was a talking piece for him and they literally had to abduct her back. That is the story. I mean, that is what happened and that's not just some tabloid story. That's what happened. So it's just not really a credible clip at all. And the fact that you let it go on for so long was kind of annoying, quite honestly, but go ahead. What? (laughs) Okay. Well, well, we're running out of time. I'm sorry. You were annoyed by the clip. That is his sister. And, and she has come out to say several And times you know what, Will? I'm sure accurate. I'm sure we could find clips of his nieces and nephews and find some... Yes, and you should have. You should have researched that. No. The fact that you haven't researched any of the other side, you haven't kept an open mind whatsoever, that you didn't know any of this information Will, is a little frustrating. I'm not the one... And you made me watch the documentary, and I knew all the information in the documentary without having to sit there and subject myself to, like, child... Made up child porn stories. I don't like Dan Reed is the pedophile enthusiast. Oh wow! Okay, Will. All right, Will. We're running out of time. Thank you for yes, and it was not child pornography. I think that's offensive for you to say that because this was a story about kids. No, it wasn't. The film was child pornography. I mean, the the film was stories of child pornography that more than likely didn't happen and were accounts from a well-known, that were echoed accounts from a well-known pedophile enthusiast. Again, I won't say his name because I don't want to support him because me supporting Michael Jackson is not somebody, me supporting Michael Jackson is not immediately mean I'm supporting a sexual abuser. Well, no. have an open mind and try to look at the side of the situation. I wish... I really Will. do wish you had done more research before doing this, honestly. Okay, Will. Well, I'm it, sorry that I didn't do enough research. You Thank you for coming on the show. Folks, I introduced Will as my friend, and he is my friend, and I'm going to say this openly, and I'm sure you can still hear me. I think towards the end there, he sounded like a lunatic. All right. You've been listening to The Next Best Thing on Radio Free Brooklyn. We are just about out of time, but thank you for listening, and thank you for keeping an open mind with those Two clearly opposing viewpoints. That was Will Fritz calling in from Kansas City to give his perspective on the documentary Yeah, Leaving Neverland by Dan Reed, who I apologize, Will Fritz referred to as a child porn enthusiast. That is not my view. That is not the view of Radio Free Brooklyn. That was his view. Uh, As I say at the end of every show, and I mean it every week, Apathy is the enemy. Know what's going on. Read the news. Watch the news. Have an opinion. Care. Take some action and perhaps even make a change. For Radio Free Brooklyn, this has been The Next Best Thing. I'm Jonathan B. Lerner. Until next time, 
Good night, folks. <laughs>